It's the Judgment Day Refreshment Committee, the podcast where we review young adult fiction. You'll laugh. You'll cry. You'll... Go get a wind machine and pretend to be Beyonce. Welcome to the Judgment Day Refreshment Committee. I am your host as ever, sexy, sexy Dory Peacock. With me today, as always, he's from another dimension. It's Timothy Maurice. Ooh, that's so perfect. Right? I thought of that at work today. Ooh, that was a productive work session. Yeah. Scanning documents, putting them in the mouth of the beast. It's true. Spitting them back out, turning them into numbers, data, crunch, go to the cyber world. That's where we all live. That's where we all die. I I believe you. What if there's like a watcher in the woods? Yeah, I jumped the gun. What are you going to do about it? What if there's like a watcher in the woods? What if there's like a watcher in the woods, but it's just like, there's a ghost in my webcam, but it's not like a sinister mean ghost, like unfriended. It's just like, there's a watcher in the internet. Depending on who you ask, there might be many watchers in the internet. Yeah, that's true. My parents have taken to um, keeping a piece of electrical tape over their webcam on their laptop when they're not using it to Skype. Or for other reasons? What? Or for other reasons? Or for other reasons. That's really really all they use it for is to Skype with the grandkids. My parents are old. You know why, Tim? Because that's how time works? Oh, you've heard this one. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what, what is it what's the i'm just line? gonna say because i'm old <laughs> i just turned 29 this weekend congratulations happy yeah. birth happy birth i just thought i'd date the podcast yeah we we had a fun time at your birthday we did we watched over the garden wall one of my favorites which is a powerful emotional metaphor about living with mental illness which we both do high five high five air five oh yeah. Asynchronous high five. <laughs> you can't audit that, America. Yeah. Take me to the cleaners, IRS. Yeah. Don't ask me what any of that we're means. We're feeling spicy today. We are. We've, we're sitting here with our LaCroix, just sassing the government. You got to know that Dory buys the tall LaCroix. Yeah, the good She ones. buys the skinny ones that are like class, classy. The blended flavors. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you, I had a, a cola flavored LaCroix the other day. Which is just cola taste with no sugar. That just sounds like sin. No, it was kind of great. Oh, really? Yeah, it was like weird and gingery. I like ginger. Me too. I like gingers. Me too. Yeah. It's just all good today. Give me that Dom Hall Gleason. You know, one time I had a ginger flavored ice cream when I was working at <gasps> Disney World. That sounds delicious. During the food and wine festival, they were serving it in the China Pavilion, if I recall correctly. That sounds awesome. I want that. I want yeah. that so bad. Yeah. We can make it happen. You just got to dream and also buy an ice cream maker. <laughs> and also go to Disney World during the, the food and wine festival. I don't know about that. That sounds like, that is like a good time to go though. If you're going to go to the to Disney World, might I recommend go during the food and wine festival. Even if you are like me and I was at the time a non-drinker because I was both morally uninclined and not of age, there is still ample food. So much food that you yeah. can eat that is so good. And it's like, if you're going to go, there's like kiosks all around like the world pavilions. You can get so much good stuff. I love those scallops. 
Ooh, turned that's, me on to scallops that year. That's like the thing about going to Disneyland as an adult. Because when I went as a kid, it's like, oh, who cares about food? You know, we'll just eat whatever. We want to go on the rides. And as an adult, I had like the Disneyland food experience where we went and got the Bowdoin bowls from California Adventure. Uh-huh. We got the Dole Whip. We got the churros. We did like the churros with the chocolate dip from the Cozy Cone snack bar. It's so, yeah. It was so great. much. All right, so speaking of Disney, uh, the movie we're discussing today was originally produced by Disney. Because it's the spooky time. It's the spoopy happy time. Oct- ha- happy October. Happy October, everybody. Yeah. We're we're on Brandon on season like we were last year. Um, this time, Dory made me watch a movie that I was wrong to not want to watch. How, yeah, how much of the origins of this episode should we share? Uh, just that, <laughs> just that I was really reluctant to watching this, and it, I misremembered it very hard. Okay, so here's how I here's how I remember the origins of this of this episode. So five years ago. You and I, I'm new in town. You and I are working at some weird tech company together. Ugh. And we wind up at, a, at some kind of friend dinner with people that I didn't know except you. And I said, whatever happened to the good PG-13 horror movies? And you said, what about the PG horror movies? I mean, where's my Watcher in the Woods remake? And flash forward five years later this year we got a watcher in the woods last, remake well last year oh last year that's true but we had our schedule packed last year so i was like tim we gotta do watcher in the woods for halloween and he was like no that's not ya and i was like yes it is the the main characters are teens it's totally ya and he was like well it's just gonna be so bad it's just gonna be so bad and so boring and it's gonna be bad and boring and i hate it and i was like a you're wrong and b even if it's boring that will still be a good podcast so we fired it up on the dvd player and what was the first thing you said to me in the I first was wrong. 10 minutes i was like oh i was wrong this is fine it was like it was like it was like the moment like i don't know it's like it's like it's like a baptism like coming up out of like the water like born again christian it's just like oh my sins are gone i, I was knew, wrong I we watcher gonna, was fine i knew we were gonna turn that on and you'd be like oh yeah this is my shit <laughs> well let me give you the two points of reference that brought it back um hmm. Lacroix. so there's a movie that you haven't seen but i have seen with one eye um, on it while well, one eye I was working at the at my place of work called Equinox. Are you familiar with Equinox? Mm, the title's familiar. I don't think I've seen it. It's a very campy movie from the 1950s, 60s. Mm-hmm. Um, it's about a bunch of teens and they get attacked by monsters and there's like weird possession shit and it's like... Super campy and, and hilarious. Uh, yeah, and like that's a type of movie we haven't really watched before, like very teeny kind of horror movies from that era. And I forgot that Watcher in the Woods has that element to it. And I think it's because when I watched it, I was an adult slash kid. Like, I never saw it anywhere in between, if I recall correctly, where I really got to appreciate it. So, yeah, I saw it when I was like a little kid. Um, I feel like one of my sisters rented it for like a sleepover party. And I totally snuck downstairs to watch it with them. And it scared the poops out of me. Well, there's like one moment 
that's super scary because my first memory of Watcher was actually not watching it. It was in like a horror montage. I think it was like on ABC or something. Oh, yeah. Um, the great PG-13, the great PG-rated horror montage of yeah. 2001. It's that shot of uh, Karen like stacked up against like all the other Karens in like the two-way mirror. Oh, yeah. So just infinite screaming Karens blindfolded asking for help. Mm-hmm. So, let's explain. Let's explain who this Karen is. Let's get into a plot synopsis. Yeah, so this is... Can I do it? Because I was yeah. mean? Yeah. So, this was based on a book uh, by... We just tested this. And, and to clarify, we didn't read the book. We just watched the 1980 original movie. Yes, yeah, so this came out in 1980. It should be noted that this shares a couple similarities with The Shining. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you brought that up while we were watching it. Um... We'll come back to that. Uh, this came out in 1980. It was based on a 1976 novel by a woman named Florence Engel Randall, which is about a teen girl and her family who are all Americans, and they come to this English summer home where they're staying. Um, and is it a summer home in the original, or are they just moving in? Uh, in the original movie, I feel like they're. I feel like they are moving to England. Yeah, because their dad is like British. He's like some kind of composer. Oh, that's and right. Yeah, he's an artist. So they rent this old country house. So it's like she, a big estate. So she comes and Betty Davis is the old caretaker of the house and she's old. And there's this whole thing about how people in Hustle Whispers talk about how her daughter disappeared. And also they have this understanding that there's like a there's like a ghost in the woods or there's, there's some in the woods and it watches presence. like some kind of watcher. Some kind of watcher in the, in the woods, woods, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and they don't really know what it is. All they know is that it has something to do with this girl named Karen. And so, uh, it's up to this girl, uh, yeah. So you're named... not really sure if the presence in the woods is her go asked, the go asked of Karen, or if it's something else. So it's up to Jan, our teenage heroine, uh, to figure out what happened to Karen and see if she can undo it and uncover the mystery of the watcher in the woods. Mm hmm. So we're going to do we're going to do spoilers for this 38-year-old movie, right? Yeah. All right. Spoilers. Yeah. Uh so there's an interesting like plot twist in there where you're like, "Oh, it's a ghost or it's some kind of cool presence and it turns out to be some kind of pan-dimensional being. It's an alien. It's an alien, basically. And the the alien got switched with, like, Karen's body. Which is the way that Florence Edgar... Florence Edgar Flor Allen. Florence Edgar Allen Poe. Florence Edgar Randall. <laughs> Florence Pistol Pete Maravich. Uh, wrote it. Yeah. Um... I totally just like blanked mid-sentence. Um, yeah, so there's this alien presence and it's kind of a great misdirect. And honestly, because it really they, is kind of scary. Like it didn't scare me as an adult. Well, it has this one thing it does that's very 1980, which is that there'll be a couple shots where um, someone will be walking and it will just be the camera like walking behind them. Like it's it, a steady it, cam. It, yeah, yeah, it uses a steady cam. And this is a time where steady cams weren't common in filmmaking the way they are now with the indie era and like the technology is improved. And after like 
a couple other aesthetic eras, like more movies have them. That's mm-hmm. some movie jank I threw at your face. Kapow. Movie jank. Uh this was like an, so it's very jarring to feel like, oh, it feels like someone is walking behind the main character. Yeah. And, and like at a distance. And it's very strange, but it's. Well, and the use yeah. of the steady cam is like really specific and really judicious in that the rest of the movie, it's not, it's not a found footage movie. It's not that there's a steady cam just when they want something to be creepy. The steady cam yeah. is very clearly the, the watcher's watcher. point of view. Yeah. And it's 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 a little bit neutered if you've already seen it and you know that, hey, hey, spoilers, we told you, the Watcher is not actually a real threat <laughs> at yeah. all. Yeah, it's very much about, like, the stuff that you think is scary turns out not to be so scary. The Watcher keeps, like, putting them in danger and then having to fix it. Yeah. <laughs> so the Watcher keeps being, like, although the Watcher saves Jan's life more than it actually is dangerous. So, like, something will happen, like... Jan and her sister go to a dirt bike race in the middle of England. They have those. <laughs> and, well, I guess they do. And uh, Jan, uh, Ellie, who is a child, can somehow communicate with the Watcher telepathically. Because, uh, you know, kids can do that. Yeah, like The Shining. Uh, says, oh, come over here, Jan. And then moments later, a dirt bike flies to the very spot she was standing and explodes. <laughs> yeah, like it's it's a protective force, but then it also like uh, when the mom gets spooked and decides they need to leave, it keeps them from leaving by like uh, taking out a rickety bridge. But also saving them. But also, yeah, warns Jan. It like time to get causes the, the horses to stir and then the horse is on a path to like meet a truck. So it also has to like get in the way of the truck and get the truck to overturn mm-hmm. by like blinding the, dr- it, the, the, the watcher is very nimble, but also like very keen on like making sure nobody dies. <laughs> yeah. But scaring everyone all the time. Yeah. It's really, it, it's actually kind of cool that the watcher's presence is kind of ambiguous. Like in, it's so on the edge of protecting them and endangering them that you're like, wait, what does it want? Well, it's like that feeling of also like, is this real or is it in my head? Mm-hmm. They really want to kind of go there. But there's enough weird stuff. So there's two elements to this, which is that there's the watcher. And then there's uh, Jan keeps having visions of Karen. Yeah. Who is this girl? And it's, it's probably the best image from the whole movie, which is it's this girl who's reaching out saying, help me over and over again with a blindfold on in a white dress. Mm-hmm. And it's just this very evocative horror image of this uh, often in like mirrors or reflections is the only place they see her. Yeah. And that's hence that cool shot where she's at a, a fun house at a carnival and she goes into the mirror room. And sees herself. That's the best moment of the whole film. And then suddenly it's Karen. And she's just surrounded by Karen and all the mirrors, like yelling for help. The other reason that I for the other thing I forgot about this, which is good, is there's a boy. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, the perfect British boy. Who will come to that later, but gets even more perfect in other places. But he's basically a blonde beetle. Yeah, is what he is. He looks like one of the beetles, but blonde. So it's fun for Jan, who like instantly meets this boy, and it's just like I love the fantasy of like I have an interesting summer story because I have a ghost and I have a boyfriend. 
Yeah, and like everyone's English accents are adorable, and Betty Davis is adorable. It's maybe Betty Davis's most endearing performance. Like, it's one of the few Betty Davis performances where you're like, oh, grandma, and not like, oh, grandma. It also, like, is weirdly close to The Shining. It is weirdly close to The Shining. Because, well, The Shining has its whole thing with the kid who's, like, psychic. Yeah. And, like, sees everything. And this has a little girl who's not psychic, but she's the only one the Watcher can talk to. Well, and they kind of establish that Jan is, like, maybe kind of sensitive. She's maybe got a little bit of the shining. Maybe. Just a little. The main thing is. All mothers shine a little bit. The main thing is the Shining has red rum. Mm-hmm. Watch where they finally realize Red Room spelled backwards is murder, and the Watcher in the Woods has Narek. Narek, which is like <laughs> Karen spelled backwards. It's so because she's in a mirror universe. Yeah, I bet Karen is stuck in the universe where Spock has a beard. Oh, uh, probably. She's probably over there with like sexy Kirk, sexy mean Kirk. Oh, all the Kirks are sexy. Who are we kidding? But um. Yeah, I uh, I remember the acting being better than than the rewatch. Betty Davis is clocking in. Betty Davis is Betty Davis. So yeah, she brings it. Everybody else, I could take or leave. <laughs> it's especially that there's a weird like brand of child acting from the 80s and 90s that is just yelling in a weird cadence and and we saw this in like, it's like teens too right it's like teens and children when jan gets very forceful like, mom i can't believe you will listen listen to me i it's brett listen to me. wait no what? i'm sorry it's brett kavanaugh oh <laughs> shit it totally is it's like exact it's, it's his Bre- exact delivery it's when brett he's like, kavanaugh's testimony Tobin lifting weights at Tobin's house Brett Kavanaugh workout schedule. It's, it's Jan being like listen there's something going on in the woods it's Brett Kavanaugh there's on the stand there's something going on in the woods <laughs> <laughs> oh my god look at my calendar my oh. father loved calendars <laughs> uh yeah can we remake Watcher in the Woods the but, crap out of this podcast yeah but I but also can I propose a Watcher in the Woods remake where Brett Kavanaugh is the protagonist? Where Brett Kavanaugh plays Jan? Yeah. Yeah, but only if, like, only if the part where, like, she gets, she falls in the pond and gets stuck under a log and Betty Davis has to push her down with a stick so that she'll float back to the top, maybe then we just leave him in the pond. You don't like Brett Kavanaugh. Just leave Brett Kavanaugh in the pond. Like, not long enough to kill him, just long enough so, like, he learns his lesson. He, like... Smells bad for a few days. Yeah. Yeah. So he's like, see, this is what it feels like to be pinned under a large hunk of garbage. Wow. And not be able to breathe. <laughs> wow. <laughs> You're really going for it today. I, I watched the John Oliver episode about Brett Kavanaugh and I'm like, you I know watched what? the hearing during did work. You? Did yes. You, I watched his whole it? testimony live. Oh, shoot. It was weird in real time. Like going up to my coworkers being like, he's crying now. <laughs> So people keep posting this this meme of Brett Kavanaugh where he's like yelling and crying and all the women around him are making faces like, what the shit? And in that photo, there's one like really old man, like maybe in his 70s or 80s in the back who's just like zonked out like Abe Simpson. <laughs> like you can almost hear him snoring when you look at the picture. And I'm like, 
is that guy okay? Did he like pass out and nobody noticed? Man. <laughs> is that is that guy in like a diabetic coma and just like everyone doesn't care? I would love to have like it's Brett Kavanaugh's testimony and just in the back there's like a mirror and it's just like Karen. <laughs> Karen's like, help me, <laughs> help me. They're like, Mr. He's like, well, where are these other women? I suppose I supposedly hurt. And she's like, I'm in the mirror. <laughs> it's me. This is dark. Wow. Brett Kavanaugh, you bastard. Oh. Okay. Sorry, kids. <laughs> we had to. Have we- this is like, like, what is it with us where we just get sad? Like the time we're like, let's review Princess Diaries. Hey, remember 9-11? <laughs> remember how it changed the face of culture forever? Well, uh, um- <laughs> <laughs> because it's kind of like Watcher in the Woods is like our break yeah. from the bad things of the world. It's true. And what a good break it is. Let's talk about um let's talk about the alternate endings, shall we? Yeah, the movie has three endings and <sighs> Now when I rented it on VHS as a child, there was no such thing as special features on a VHS. So I didn't even know about these alternate endings. Until I watched the video for I, this podcast. I can't believe I didn't, you didn't know about them. No, because I'd only ever seen it on VHS. Okay. So, yeah. So, in the original ending, so the, they're... Yeah, the theatrical so ending. We have to explain that how Karen, what got trapped in a mirror, mm-hmm. was the watcher. Karen and her friends, and three of her friends, did a weird ritual where... Uh, lightning struck a church that they were in and doing some mojo jojo mm-hmm. and uh, they all ran away and then they realized uh oh where's Karen and she completely disappeared Yeah. Uh, it turns out she had gotten swapped with an alien from an alternate dimension and the alien in our world is like an incorporeal telepath Yeah. in their world she's a mirror reacher yeah Um. she's constantly saying help me because time is different. Um, yeah. In the Her original like ending, the little sister of Jan is possessed by the Watcher, and then the Watcher shows up, tells them who it is, exposits what its deal ending. is, turns into a glowing ball of light, comes towards Jan, envelops her in the light, starts glowing super hard until Jan's boyfriend decides he's going to stop the Mojo Jojo. <laughs> Everyone wakes up. Karen's back. The end. Yeah. And Jen. Everyone's safe. Everyone's happy. The Watcher's gone. Yeah. In the alternate ending, they, I think a lot of the same things happen, but when the Watcher finally comes, it's not a glowing ball of light. It's this kind of beautiful creature design. Yeah. It's like a a skull bug. bug. bug Bug-like. It's like a wraith skull bug. With like these big old bat wings. With these beautiful wings. It, it's beautifully like creepy. It's a little more horrifying and Tim scary. Tim beautiful. It's beautiful the way like the Skeksis are beautiful. Yeah. Like in that same grotesque way. It's great creature design. I love good creature design. Yeah. That's why I liked it. That's true. You did like it. But yeah, so this alien comes and basically envelops Jan. And there's a moment where you're like, oh crap, was this a trick? And that thing ate her? And then she zaps back into reality with Karen. And then in the third alternate ending, it shows the alien planet where Karen is. And she just like grabs Karen out of like a a tetrahedron. 
Yeah. Just hanging out. In- and Karen's like, you look human. Good enough. <laughs> like she doesn't. Also, yeah. in the originals, when Karen comes back, Karen, it's in, it's ambiguous how old she is, but she, I think she's young. But uh-huh. in the alternate endings, Karen's wearing an obvious bad blonde wig. Yeah. It's a very blonde wig moment. Yeah, they were trying to make, because there's all these physical similarities between Jan and Karen. And so they were trying to make it like, oh, they look just the same. And so they slapped this horrible, horrible yeah, they, bleach. They play with a girl. lot of like the what ifs. Because the whole point of Watcher in the Woods is the mystery, mm-hmm. which we've ruined. We burst yeah. it wide open. That's what we do. That's like our whole deal. We ruin everything. We ruin everything. We ruin Brett Kavanaugh. <laughs> oh, we didn't ruin Brett Kavanaugh. Brett Kavanaugh ruined his damn self. Okay. So the thing about Watcher in the Woods is it's great and everyone should watch it with their kids. Now, let's talk about that remake nonsense, shall we? Oh, yeah. Let's so get into that rem in that sweet sweet remake biz. So yeah, Sabrina the Teenage Witch herself, Melissa Joanne Hart, uh, H A R T, as in don't heart me, <laughs> as in baby don't, don't heart me no my more. My heart, my achy breaky heart. Uh oh, which reminds me two things. One, that Sabrina's coming out soon. Oh yeah. Uh, I want it. Put it in my eyeballs now. I'll try. Uh ah, your eyeballs, they're bleeding. Oh, uh. I'm watching this beautiful show about teenagers and, and Satanism. Okay. Uh, <laughs> the other thing is, before I forget my side tangent, this is a total non sequitur, but I just, I want to say it. Uh, I watched the finale for Adventure Time. Oh, yeah. A couple months ago, and it made me cry all day. Oh, all day, really? All day. I haven't, I haven't caught up yet. I'm You've been catching still up. I'm working on the eighth season. Yeah. There's um, a lot of stuff in that season I don't care about. Like, I don't need the origin story for everything. It's too bad you're going to get it. Yeah, I know. That's all they have left. I miss the episodic format. Um. So, yeah, the ending to Adventure Time made you cry? It did. Um, apropos of nothing. Uh, switching gears back. Okay. Tell us about that Heartman okay, Watcher. So, the Heartman Watcher. I don't know how this happened, but I think this has got to be one of those like nostalgia wave hop ons where so the Lifetime channel, I guess, paid Melissa Joan Hart to direct a remake of Watcher in the Woods. Who knows who approached whom? Yeah. My assumption would be that either Lifetime or Melissa Joan Hart took a look at Watcher in the Woods and thought Ah. there's a woman. There's a woman led property that is family friendly. Let's make it. Well, and it, it could totally be jumping on the coattails of like, uh, you know, Stranger Things, because Watching the Woods is kind of the girl version of like, I don't know, a Stephen King movie. Oh about gosh, teens. you know, wouldn't have Watching the Woods TV show be cool? You <gasps> yes. could you could pad that out for yes. a long time with Scraliums. What um, well, with what? Aliens. No, what'd you say? Aliens. No, what'd you say? No, I totally said aliens. You're you're crazy. You, you're all crazy. Dory says it's scraliums, and you just have to know that when she says that. I said, oh yeah, sorry, I said scraliums. That's a thing that my my wife used to say. <laughs> and when she says your wife, I mean, I mean my old college roommate who's my best friend. Yes. Yeah. So Dory would desperately want a man to come lock lips with her. Please, if you were a man. Come in your mouth so Dory can stick her tongue out. Well, not just like any man. Like, I'm not going to make out with Brett Kavanaugh. Well, right. So if you are, if you are, you know, if you pass the bar, 
not the American Bar Association, just but the, the just Dory the Bar. the Wyoming State Bar. Yeah, the Wyoming State Bar. <laughs> then you can, then please come and open your mouth so Derek can stick her tongue in it. Yes. And other things. Like mozzarella sticks. Like mozzarella sticks. And also maybe she'd like to hear your feelings on uh, the relationship between history and reality. Yeah. I Stuff mean, like that. only if you think the same things as me. Otherwise, you're wrong. <laughs> so, so, okay. So this thing, it's got to be a nostalgia hop on. It's got to be writing the coattails of Stranger Things. But for girls, only problem being no budget, a rookie director, and I guess not enough money for the script. Well, the budget shouldn't be a problem, right? Because the first one had effects, but by now all those effects are easy to make. Like a lot of what happens in the original movie is just a wind machine that's well placed. Yeah, you would think, right? Like horses. But, I'm not, but I mean, like they didn't even have the budget to do like decent lighting and like decent uh, that's, that's green not, screen. That's not budget. That's just incompetence. It's a punishing watch. It's so bad. Like, I kind of expected it to be to be better than the original because it's, it's, it's new like, and hip. It's like writing the line between fun bad and like punishing bad. That's the kind of bad that I, you, and I can kind of get into. That's just like, it's like campy, wow, like yeah, like it had. I don't know. I don't think Watcher was supposed to age as goofily as it did. It's very 70s and the camp is part of the fun. So you take away the camp, which takes away most of the fun, and substitute in precocious millennial teenagers. So they made a bunch of weird changes. Yeah. That that some that 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 like make a little bit of sense and some that don't. So like Ellie is now the little sister is now weirdly precocious. Yeah, which is like whatever. Fine. It's fine. Um but they do weird stuff. So so in this version it's an a completely American family. They moved to a town in Wales for the summer. For the summer. That's why I got confused. Because their the dad home. is some kind of professor. Professor, and he's going to be teaching in Wales for the summer. So they go to this town in Wales, and there's like this mythos about this town that they survived the Black Plague because of a miracle. How did you feel about that? Ah, <laughs> uh, I mean, it's not the worst choice. I'm fine with it. There's all sorts of weird stuff about the Black Plague. Sometime I'll tell you about that gene mutation that makes people immune. But, um, yeah, they survived the Black Plague, so there's, like, this whole mythos around it. And it turns out they it wasn't really a miracle. There was just this one really great doctor who was way ahead of his time and taught everybody to wash their hands. And so hand-washing prevented the Black Plague, <laughs> which is, like partly how that works but it also has like a thing to do with rats so i don't know yeah dad so anyway he invented hygiene and saved the town from the plague but people didn't recognize that and so one time when he was traveling to through the woods wearing his plague doctor mask a bunch of people killed him because they thought he was magic i guess at a bad tree at, at a tree yeah they killed at him a on spook a, tree. at a spooky tree and he, his spirit went in the tree and now he's haunting the woods. And, um, so this version, the Betty Davis character is now played by Angelica, Angelica Houston, Houston in a non makeup uh, Morticia Adams, basically. And she has made some bargain with the watcher to trade one of the girls for Karen, who uh, they're still the same thing where like Karen disappeared a bunch of years ago and, under the full moon or whatever and yeah K- 
Karen's in like the ghost dimension rather than like alien zone. Yeah. This version has no aliens. She's, she's being held hostage by the Watcher, who in life was a decent guy and in death is a douchebag for some reason. <laughs> they must have really liked, and to be fair, it's one of the favorite images in all of gothic imagery. Like, modern gothic horror and gothic imagery. They must have really liked Plague Doctors. Well, Plague Doctors are cool, but, like... They look cool. They look cool, but, like, there's... I don't, there's something so boring about, yep, it was a ghost. Like, there's something really cool about, oh, is it a ghost? Is it the ghost of Karen? Oh, it turns out it's, like, an alien. Oh, my gosh, yeah, I didn't even think of that. What a cool version of aliens, where they're, like, interdimensional instead of extraterrestrial. And... And, and, and it's more, it's way more boring to be like, nope, it's just a douchey ghost. Yeah. Like, and, and like, I don't know. It, it's, it's the reason why the original Watcher is compelling is because a lot of things happen with the right effects. Like suddenly there's a glass, there, suddenly there's a crack in my window. That's the exact same shape of a triangle. That's weird. Suddenly Karen is calling out to me in a bunch of funhouse mirrors. Suddenly Karen's up, you know, in the middle of a lake and the effects aren't, quite done like these are things you notice if you know filmmaking like things aren't shot right they're edited weird it looks like they have two cameras the lighting isn't quite right um the the editing is really paced off the the story moves the the story of the new one moves in this weird way whereas jan was also like jan at least cracked a smile once in a line besides being forceful this new the new jan is like just stone a, face the whole time the although bring it back get to one of my favorite parts bring it back so there's two good things about this movie the first is angelica houston just like lapping everyone like because, she's yeah she's like go hard or go home even though this is like a lifetime movie and it's like you don't have to do oh you know what she's a professional yeah it's like she can't turn it off man so in the first one they have like a boy and he's like kind of like a country 70s boy this boy in this version is so clearly a model yeah <laughs> like walks out with like blue stealinger smoothest with face like you ever did the see. smoothest face like clearly perfectly styled hair so it stays like gently across his forehead but like permanently like glued Perfect there amount of gel. um wearing a tight t-shirt at all times w- through which you can see his pecs yeah <laughs> It's and it's funny things is like they're in this like quaint English village and suddenly there's like this impossibly hot guy well, who's just there. He's like, I'm the only I'm the only model in the village. Yeah. There's something so funny too about like the in the old one, um, the passage of time isn't super clear. So between scenes in between incidences you get the feeling that like a little bit of time has passed so as jan like becomes friends with the hot boy in the old one it kind of it feels like it makes more sense because you get the sense that like okay it maybe it's been a couple weeks between these two incidents and so it feels natural for them to like start dating more and to start holding hands and in the new watcher it's pretty clear that everything has happened in the same like five day period and so the boy is like, she's constantly a douche to this guy and coming up with weird conspiracy theories. And he's like, you're being crazy, but I like you. Oh, yeah. Look in the first I one. I just like you so much. Versus my favorite line. It's, 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 it's less 
it's more bad than the the impossible lines of the first one has where the boy oh, is constantly yeah. like what there's one literal line where he's like it looks like you just went through a lot do you want to talk about it? <laughs> yeah. No, no. The best the best is in the first one. So there's like three different times in the first one where the hot boy says, would you like to talk about it? <laughs> and, and the first time he says it, he goes, oh, that's very odd. I mean, you don't have to tell me if you don't want to. You don't have to tell me. But do you want to talk about it? <laughs> and the timing of it is so unintentionally funny. <laughs> but at least it's like, okay, that... You know, that's a stumble, but I buy that he's, like, a soft boy who's going to, like... Just, like, a nice farm. He's, like, a nice farm dude who's going to, like, help her out. Not clearly a model. Yeah, in the new one, he's, like... Clearly a model. He's, like, I met you yesterday, and you're already trying to convince me that ghosts are real. But But you know what? You're hot. You're the only (laughs) other model in this village. You're the only other model in the village. We should date. We should get together. There's only four girls. I don't know why my Welsh accent just turned into and Scandinavian. Like, on some level, like it's funny because like they they come up with a contrivance in this one that there's no electricity in the house except for one room, so the girls yeah. have to share a room, which is it's bad. But and it never comes back. Like it's never important that there's no electricity. No, the, but there's like a moment where Ellie's like, you like that boy, don't you? And then at one point, like Jan, this Jan is like, yeah, I kind of do. He's kind of great, isn't he? And it's like, Jan, look at him. You can go all yeah. in. You can be like, gee, Ellie, I don't know. He looks like an actual model. Don't you think I like that? He chose me. <laughs> Are you saying the the porcelain looking, the man who looks like he was carved out of marzipan just for me is attractive? <laughs> Marble-faced McGee. Marble-faced McGee, my good, good friend. Here's the other thing that's fascinating to me about this whole property, about both movies. So uh, I, I listened to uh, this great podcast called You Must Remember This. And if you haven't heard of it, you're you're bad. You're bad and you should feel bad. I've heard of it. But um, it's it, they did a great series on the feud between Betty Davis and Joan Crawford. And they kind of talked about how Watcher in the Woods happened later in Betty Davis's career. And, like, Betty Davis retired from film a bunch of times. And this was a film that, like, in her later years when she had kind of retired, they they kind of talked her out of retirement to do this movie. Which is, like... like she was kind of... But she shows up in a great way. Yeah, she was. She does, because, like, she can't help it. She's, like, and like her and Angelica Houston are similar that way. Um, but, yeah, she kind of was like like i think she was still trying to act but like she was old betty davis so people were kind of like ah we heard you were kind of crazy and and so she was kind of a she just plays crazy though yeah like a gentle crazy she does she she was an easier get for the old watcher than than she should have been and clearly angelica houston is like should have been a way harder get for this Lifetime movie. So is this like, is Angelica Houston at the same point in her career now that Betty Davis was? Who was she feuding with? What, Angelica Houston? Yeah. Oh, uh, Susan Sarandon. They really? Each other. No, I don't know. <laughs> I was making shit up. <laughs> Careful, Olivia de Havilland might sue us. Mm. I actually really respect that she did that. That was great. Mm. But um, yeah, I don't know. What do you think, Tim? Do you think they're the same? Angela Houston. Both. Angelica Houston. Angelica. Angelica Houston isn't quite as long in her career, nor was she. Nor is she quite as illustrious. As that's true. Like, what are the great roles that you remember Angelica Houston for? Morticia Adams. Morticia Adams. 
We're uh, young, so we're wasn't in... Wasn't she in Chinatown? Undoubtedly missing some, yeah. I feel like she was in Chinatown. Wasn't that when she was with Jack Nicholson? I mean, okay, so here's what she's known for. Crimes and Misdemeanors and Manhattan Murder Mystery by Woody Allen, The Witches, The Addams Family. Uh, she is also known for... Uh, she received an Academy Award nominations for Enemies, A Love Story, and The Grifters, which were in 89 and 90, respectively. So, like... So is she not in Chinatown? I don't think so, sweetie. Oh, I bet that was Faye Dunaway. Yeah. She was also a favorite of uh, Wes Anderson for in the 2000s. That's right. She was in Royal Tenenbaums. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I love her. She's my favorite. My dad loves her, too. We bond over that. <laughs> She's really good, that, that Angelica Houston. Good old Angelica Houston. I mean, but so she, she couldn't has, save someone... this stupid movie. Well, like... And this is a dumb thing about the way our society views people, but like she's clearly as talented as Betty Davis. It's just that Betty Davis was a product of an era where people worshipped the icon of an actress a lot harder than they do now. Yeah, I think you're right about that. So she could have been one of the greats on that level, the way we view a great as like pop culture ephemera. Betty Davis was that, you know, Betty Davis is in like Vogue. Or something to that effect. Yeah, Betty Davis is crazy. Is, she, is Betty Davis in Vogue? She's dead, man. No, we, we gotta go through this. Like, is she in style now? No, I mean the song Vogue. Probably. She's in... There's a song called Betty Davis Eyes. No, wait. Now I'm gonna try to... I need to remember this. I need to cash in my gay chips. What is it? Oh, no. The gay police. They're coming. They're coming to Greta take your Garbo, card. Greta Garbo, Ann Monroe, Dietrich and Tomasio, Marlon Jano, Jimmy Dean, Home Cover Magazine, Grace, Kelly, Harlow Jean... Pictures of a beauty queen. Oh, of course Jean, you picked Kelly, Jean Harlow. Fred Astaire, Ginger Rogers, Denzel. They had style. They had face. Rita Hayworth gave good face. Lauren Catalana too. Betty Davis, we love you. Ah, oh, she did make it. Yeah, there she was. The yeah, whole time. you know who didn't make it? Joan Crawford. Pwned. I definitely come down on Betty Davis' side of that fight. I don't have a, I don't, no stake. Yeah, that's fine. Um, I don't have stock in that IBM. Yeah, it's an old property. So yeah, what else do we have to say about Watcher, Tim? Oh, well, besides Coraline, it's a great baby's first horror movie. That's true. It's not quite as scary as Coraline, but it is a good baby's first horror movie. No blood, not a lot of swears. But some wonderfully spooky imagery. And it's kind of like a fun, like, teen thing. Yeah. I don't know. I like it. I think it's the kind of horror movie you could show in school. I love everything with kind of that 70s era, like, the way we were thinking of alternate dimensions and aliens at the time mm-hmm. as like post 2001, like otherworldliness. So it kind of is in my jam because of that. I'm making a triangle above my forehead right now. Yeah. Well, and like the, it's so funny to see, like for us as kids, it was funny to see something that would have been around when our mom was like young and hip. And I, I kind of wonder how popular that book was. It, it was popular enough to make a movie. Yeah. But I think even the original might have been a TV movie because there are these weird act breaks that kind of seem like they could have been for commercials. Maybe. If you want a bad movie for your bad movie club, you can try the Angelica Houston Watcher in the Woods. Yeah. It's, it's kind of painful. Wow, that's tough. It's kind of painful, but there are good parts. Like, um, like that model. Like that model and like... I'm just so bewildered by it. A weird scene where Angelica Houston breaks down crying and it's like 
a little bit absurd, even though she's like really in it and taking it really seriously. Yeah. But yeah, so watch her in the woods. I'd recommend it. I wouldn't kick it out of the woods for eating children. Children, I guess. That's not what it does. Uh, no, it's very nice. I would I would take my wind machine to the woods and blow stuff around and be like, hey, it's a ghost. There's a ghost. Well, I think that about sews it up for hey, us. Hey, you should wind machine. Do you want to go to the, go to do you want to go out get out of here get a wind machine get on a wind machine I do want to do that okay let's do that let's go get a wind machine all right we're gonna go get a wind machine and pretend to be Beyonce I'm bald so it's not gonna have the same effect uh no we can get you a wig I need a flowing robe yeah we'll get you a cape or something so uh yeah that's it for us thanks for listening today everybody we hope our tangents haven't uh rattled you too much um we are on facebook as the judgment day refreshment committee you can follow us on twitter at jdrc podcast you can follow me on twitter at dory e peacock you can follow tim on twitter at cyber prior you can find us on instagram also at jdrc podcast or at our website jdrc podcast.podbean Dot com. You can follow us. You can subscribe to us on iTunes. We are also on Stitcher and Spotify. And pretty soon, I'm going to be dumping our old episodes onto YouTube. Um, just a few at a time. YouTube's a great shareable format. So if you got any podcastly challenge friends, you can refer them to YouTube. Um, you can contact us at jdrcpodcast at gmail.com if you have anything you gotta say to the committee. Uh, while you're on iTunes, rate and review. It helps people find the podcast. We also have a Patreon page. Uh, you can navigate there from our website, jdrcpodcast.podbean.com. Um, and there are some great sneakrit episodes for donors only. We've got one from a while ago where we reviewed uh, The Runaways by mm-hmm. Marvel. And we've got... Which is coming back. Uh, They released a teaser for it today. I'm so excited. Yeah. And we've got another one where we reviewed Bo Burnham's 8th grade. And those are both great episodes. They are only a dollar donation online. And I have come into possession of a really terrible looking V.C. Andrews novel. uh, (laughs) That I am considering putting on Patreon as a a donor gift but it's gonna have to be like a good size donation so if there's any interest in uh crystal by vc andrews uh let me know on the social meds all right thanks again for listening everybody and these are our sign-offs Ooh, there's a wind machine on me Ooh. <laughs> thanks everyone and remember we won't judge you but we will bring the jello salad to your trial